Yeah, who this sound like? Yeah, we dropping the mic, mic. Yeah, all in your timeline. Uh, all in your mind, mind. Whoa, cover the court out of brine. I'm the greatest, no debate. Yeah, cover the field with a rhyme. Dropping the mic at they place. Yeah, who this sound like? Yeah, we dropping the mic, mic. Yeah, all in your timeline. All in your mind, mind. Cover the court like LeBron. I'm the greatest, no debate. Yeah, cover the field with a rhyme. Dropping the mic at they place. Yeah, dropping the mic like I'm feels. I could care less how you feel. Yeah, discussing the new deals. On the stand, we keep it real. Yeah, hot takes too. Yeah, uh, we gon' let it brew. Uh, yeah, we all in the news for keeping it real and keeping it true. Yes, yes, y'all. You are listening to Dropping the Mic, the realest sports talk show, period. I am your host, LaRon Fields. I'm joined by my super-duper Tallahassee Tech co-host, Brenton Wilson. We are recruiting live from the Alamo Top Realty Studios. You know what? Instead of promoting myself today in my real estate, I want to give a shout-out and feature someone who's doing a great thing in our society. So this week's Spotlight's going to Kids Off the Block. It's a 501c3 nonprofit. Kids Off the Block, known as KOB, is incorporated in the state of Illinois. It was founded in 2003 by Diane Latiker. She opened her home to youth in her community to help steer them away from the negative influences they saw daily. KOB began to work with youth, teens, and young adults ages 12 to 24 years old. Hey, what I need you guys to do is go check them out at www.kidsofftheblock.com. And don't hesitate. Donate. All right, Brent, now that we spotlighted somebody doing something in society, it's time for me to get into your head about Tallahassee Tech. I've got some of it off my chest. I promise you I will be calm because I have to save some of my energy for a certain group of someone's trying to live in the same city that we got a championship team forming in. And if you don't know who that is, keep listening to Dropping the Mic. What's going on with you, Brent? First off, shout out to Diane. It's a beautiful thing what she's doing for the kids there, first off. And secondly, um, things are good. Hey, one week of college football. Every game didn't go according to plan. We'll get there. Uh, Eastern Western Conference Finals set in the NBA. One week of NFL football. So sports is good. Life is good. Let's jump right in. Well, you already know in this episode, man, we're definitely going to be chopping about, about the latest happenings in sports, range from NBA, WNBA, as you said it, college football, and the NFL. So with that, let's get it started. All right, and we're back with another episode of Deserve, the U.S. Open. So first, Serena did not seize the moment. I talked about it. She was ready to catch Margaret Court for the most majors in tennis history. She got into the semis and done what she's done lately, which I've really been trying to figure out where her mental part is, where she can't get over the hump when she's done it so many times before. But she didn't seize the moment, but Osaka did. You know, she she talked with Kobe, got some motivation for Kobe when he was, you know, before Kobe passed away, RIP Kobe. So and she came out, she got over the hump, and she's back in the winning seat. And that was, that was a beautiful thing for her. And then on the men's side, the biggest news was, uh, of course, Djokovic's default. But then I said Dominic Team was the youngster that had lost to the Dolls in a couple of finals, Djokovic. He got over the hump, but it was in a, a impressive fashion. He's normally the one who's rock solid in the big moments. And Sverev, Sverev had been really, really bad in big moments over his career. But Sverev took a two-set lead and was coasting before he did what he does. And you saw the pressure mount. 
and he let team back in it and team took advantage of it and got his first major so he got his first major title at the u.s open which he's been really close at the french which starts in 12 days from now the french open starts so him and Nadal will be battling it out for that one because Nadal wins it every year. We know teams have been close. Little confidence with the U.S. Open. So stay tuned for more when the French Open starts from the serve. And we're back with the WNBA. It's playoff season. And just to remember, all games are on ESPN. So, playoffs kicked off on this past Tuesday with the first-round single elimination games between the Connecticut Sun, who defeated the Chicago Sky. No shock there, because the sky was falling in Chicago. Phoenix Mercury, game, set, match. Petty hits a game winner, sends the Mystics home. No shock there. Both teams are struggling down the stretch. We're on to the second round, another single elimination round. These games will be Minnesota versus Phoenix, which I highly expect Minnesota to move on. And we got the Connecticut Sun going against the Los Angeles Sparks. I expect the Sparks to win, but anything can happen in a single elimination game. After that, each winner will move on to face either Las Vegas Aces or the Seattle Storm. Keep it locked on the WNBA. The ladies are on fire. It's coming down to a head. Who's going to win it? To me, it's a three-team race. Vegas Aces, Seattle Storm, or the LA Sparks. Stay tuned. Keep it locked. Watch it. Feedback. Give it to us. Let us know how you're feeling. It's the NBA, and the playoffs are coming to the special place of the conference finals. We got the Eastern Conference Finals, which already kicked off in high fashion. It was the block amongst blocks amongst the world of blocks. And we've seen some pretty good blocks in the playoffs. But Bam said, not today, Jason Tatum. Boston, can you hear me? You might want to keep taking them L's because you don't want to see them Lakers. And I'll get to that in a second. Brent, I know you was watching the NBA like I was watching the NBA. I know you've seen everything like I've seen everything. What, what did you think about that Boston-Miami game? Man, that was a heck of a game. I love the back and forth. I like Jimmy Buckets coming up big time, getting the game overtime. Uh, that block. So, Bam always plays hard, right? High-level, high-energy dude. But this year, he kept getting better kept getting better, made the all-star team, right? Dude, Bam's been building for these moments, and he's tough, and he, and he like, believes his team is better than everybody else because of the work they put in. So that block, to me, just kind of epitomized the work he's put in, what he's been building towards. But Kimba Walker, where are you? Cardiac Kimba from UConn, the step back, where are you? I need to see Kimba Walker putting up 20-plus a night being that guy. I know you've never been here, but you were here in college. You understand moments. I need Kimba Walker to show up. He's too, he has too much talent to be average. I, I want to see more of Kimba. Listen, talent gets you through the door. It didn't even get you to the door. But you got to have the heart and the will of a champion to get you in the big house. And you say he did it at UConn. I say he did it with other help so he didn't have to do so much. He never did it anything in Charlotte. So miss me with the Kimba talk because Kimba – Walker is pedestrian in that sense. 
for me, you talk about Bam and his energy, and you talk about Bam's the energy player, and he's been getting better and better. You know what the constant to all that is? The elixir to success this season? You already said it, Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets makes you play hard. He makes you want to play even harder. Now, there was a moment in that game in the third quarter, Brent, where Boston started separating. They won the 16-2 run. They took a 10-point lead, and in my head I'm thinking, like, man, it's over. Boston's going to take this thing. Because I also saw a lot of the Miami Heat players tightening up a little bit. They were attacking the basket, then they'd pull up and keep dribbling. They were searching for Jimmy Buckets. They were searching for somebody to shoot the ball for them. Tyler Hero came in. He, he made a couple buckets. He was shooting. Draga would try to shoot, shoot. But it seemed like they got tight. And I want to say this before I keep going. Shout out to El- Eric Spolstra. He doesn't get enough credit. He had them prepared and ready for this game. Matter of fact, I got I to gotta recant, right? Because I'm on the record for two fouls. And uh, I know Brent's going to spell me for one, but let me jump out ahead of him and get to this one. I said before the bubble – well, not before the bubble. When we got to the bubble, who cares about Miami? Miami ain't going to do nothing. They made a believer out of me, right? They, they fooled me. They, they, they had the light switch, the proverbial light switch. They flicked it, and they've been kicking butt. I think they should win this series. I hope they win this series. Even though I'd love to see a Boston-LA series, um, I'm rooting for Miami. They got my respect and love. Jimmy Buckets all the way. I see. I'm with you on that. I mean, I I respect them. Like you said, Jimmy Buckets, you play hard, work hard. I respect them. But um, I'm not sure who I want to win this one, who I'm even picking yet. I can't even lie. They're they're evenly matched. They got different strengths and weaknesses. I like both of their styles. I don't, I don't even know. I'm just hoping we get a good seven games because it's looking good. But let me hit on one thing. There's a parallel here. You said Kimba at UConn, he had help. That's why. He has help in Boston. So that's a parallel. If he could just be solid like he was at UConn, he got the help now. And Charlotte, he didn't have help. I'm not saying he get a pass for being that bad. But with no help, we knew Charlotte wasn't winning. He got the help. So he don't got an excuse. He got a solid coach. Not saying the best coach. Brad Stevens is solid. Jason Tatum. It's not the superstar we make him to be, but he's Tatum's good. Jalen Brown's been solid. They have a team around him that he's got to hold. He got to do his part. You can't, they don't give me 20 when it don't count, and then give me 12 when it count. I know he had more than 12, but just saying, don't give me less when we need you. And so if he's not going to step up and you say, if he, if he don't got it, Miami going to get the series. But right now I'm, I'm looking for seven games. That's the best I can give you. I'm looking for a solid seven games here. Well, here's the thing. Um, see that block? is where I'm going to get on real quick. See, Jason Tatum is – he's he's smooth, he's nice, but he's suburban smooth and nice. And that's where I'm getting when, – when Kemba played at UConn, he played with some dogs. There's not a – the only okay. dog on Boston is Marcus Smart. He's the only who plays that gritty. Uh, Tice tries to play that gritty, but he's slow-footed. He ain't that dude. Um, <clears throat> it, see, like if Jason Tatum was from that era that we know about, that's a two-hand dunk – and nobody's blocked. You're like, we're going to see like a medical report that Bam has a broken arm. That's, that's how you got to go the basket. And Tatum went in like it's a regular first quarter layup. And so when you're talking about Kimba needs, no, Kimba's not that good. I've never been a fan of Kimba Walker. He's overrated. Don't tell me he couldn't do nothing to Charlotte because what I look for is that AI complex where you can will your team. I, I don't, I understand you may lose because your team's not as talented, but I still want to see that fire. And I still haven't seen that fire in him or from him and that's what i mean by and you're kind of saying the same thing you give me 20 when it don't count and you give me 12 when it counts and we, like we're saying we know we score more than 12 but it's the fire i don't see the yep. fire i don't see the leadership i don't see that 
that edge, that edginess. And that, you know, like you want the series to go seven? I don't. I want it to go six because my heart can't take too many more of these fourth quarter. <laughs> who going to win? Then you go to overtime. Like, look, you already played seven games. Now, I will say this. My frustration is the Eastern Conference will already have had two games played before the Western Conference plays a single game. So that's another reason why if it goes seven, I wouldn't be too mad. It'll help catch up um, and nobody be – it'll be even somewhat. But other than that, you're predicting seven. I'm hoping for six. We'll leave that at that. Over to the Western Conference choke job. Yo, yeah. L.A. Clippers, Brent. Now, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, you said the Clippers go, go to the finals. I said it. I own it. I was wrong because I didn't know that the Clippers were going to punk out like this. It had, had they gave me some fair warning, and maybe I should have taken heed when Lemon Pepper Lou went out the bubble. Um, I know why Montrez was out the bubble, but – you know, that team did not look right at all. Like, people ask me all day, Clippers or, or Nuggets? I'm like, Clippers, man. Like, I would in a thousand years not ever imagine Patrick Beverly going pit bull on Jamal Murray. They let Nikola Jokic, who can't even jump, destroy them. Like, this wasn't a hard task. This wasn't a hard task. Like, Jamal Murray getting 25 in the first half? Okay, expected it. It's understandable. But... There was no effort, no energy. I think they got a new community out in Inglewood called the Kawhi Subdivision because so many bricks he shot up. And Paul George, they built an entire community of bricks last night. It was horrendous. No, I'm with you, man, 100%, because I'm not going to say much about it as far as you picking the Clippers this series because I picked them as well. I picked them to beat the Nuggets too, so I can't sit here and say, told you so, because I didn't pick this. But – just a couple things I want to hit on. So first, uh, only played 11 games together, right? A lot of it was this low management BS where Kawhi wanted to rest. And they looked at it themselves on paper like, oh, we're, we're so good. We don't need a lot of games together. We'll turn it on when we need to. That should have been the first red flag. Because, I mean, how many times when they could have played, they rested instead of getting that chemistry. So they took talent that they had over chemistry, right? Then they're ISO team. Nobody creates for anybody else. Kawhi created a little bit, but Kawhi's a score off with, uh, with the ball in his hands. PG the same way. The Warriors the same way. He creates for Montreal Harris when the pick and roll a little bit. But that's all they have as far as somebody getting anybody an open shot. So that should have been another red flag. And then PG, what has that man done? When you shoot a three from the corner, hit the side of the backboard, at that point, ain't nothing else to say for you that night. The game went downhill from there. Hey, boy, it was done. Then he he said, this wasn't championship or bust. Stop. Stop, PG. You do not get a pass for lying when all year – so, and then when Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams saw the sign and they run it down the hall, nobody talked to us. Nobody talked to us. Like, that, they won the championship already. As soon as they signed. So, y'all know every day y'all talking to practice, y'all the best team in the world. Y'all winning the championship. That was y'all whole expectation. Don't give me no second-round loss excuse because you choked. And because Kawhi went one for 11, two points in the second half, zero in the fourth quarter. You choked, Kawhi choked, y'all choked in general. And ain't no excuses for that. No passes for y'all. Don't say it's our first year together. It's LeBron and AD first year together too. You don't get a pass for this. No, y'all choked. I got one step further, right? Like to me, it's the arrogance and the smugness In which that Kawhi and PG, who had to play together in order for this to be a success, right? Kawhi told the Clippers, you get PG, it's a done deal. 
Now, you know, like I know, PG ain't won Jack. He ain't done Jack. He's been sexy, but he ain't done Jack in the NBA. It's always an excuse for him. When he was in OKC, oh, it was my shoulder. I was hurt. It's always an excuse. Now, I agree with you. The composition of the team, the makeup, they didn't have a playmaker. And that was one of the things I said prior to us to start and drop, starting dropping the mic was, okay, yeah, they have these, they have two wings that are identical, but they don't have a playmaker. And people come to me, they got Patrick Beverly. He's a, he's a runt. He's not a point guard. So, I, I, you know, and their, their big man issue, Montrez, you know, he's a tough guy, but he's really not that skilled. Then you got Zubak is like, he's a finesse guy, but he's not that tough. You, it's like you got these mixed match parts. You were hoping that you were hoping Lemon Pepper Lou would come off the bench and drop 40 to save you. And that's t- typically what they banked on. They yep. bank on Luke scoring 30 off the bench. Montrell's giving him 20 off the bench and, and that bench energy. Cause both those are six man of the year kind of dudes. And <clears throat> that's what they banked on. And so for me, you're right. No excuses, no passes Own it. I don't want to hear no, well, yeah, you know, well, we, we were really trying to win a chip this year. Yes, you were. Cause you would have <laughs> stayed in Oklahoma city if you weren't. You want to force your way out of Columbus if you weren't trying to win a chip. No. So, you know, yeah, Paul George, we're done. We no longer can be friends. Now, let me say this. I've been giving Kawhi Leonard some passes, and I know people have been on me about being hard on LeBron. That's for another story for another day. But the reason why I had to give Kawhi a pass, because he was doing his thing, right? For the past year or so, he was doing his thing. He won the – NBA Finals. He was willing the Raptors to a chip who we've seen succumb to the LeBron's Cavaliers back in the day who couldn't get over the hump. So I really couldn't get on him. He would show up in the fourth quarter or at least pretend to. This is the first time I looked in that man's eyes and saw he ain't about that, that life. No, I'm like he, he didn't look it. So for all those Le- Kawhi's better than LeBron haters, not today, not this year, and not ever after this. No, I'm 100% with you. He has a long road to redemption. A long road. It's, it's the LeBron road after, after the Mavs series redemption yeah. level. He got to come back big time. Definitely. And one thing I want to say about Kawhi, though, I, I gave, I'm with you. I gave him a pass, too, because I, I, I always felt like Kawhi at least is always solid, right? I have to say I've never been like Kawhi was just trash. I, I, I don't think I've ever really been able to say that. But I, I did a little bit of thinking. San Antonio, right? Mm-hmm. Never was the best player to maybe his final year. He was, may have been the best mm. player. He was never the leader. Well, that, so he was it's hard to leave, but but you can't say that when it's at San Antonio. He was, you had Tim Tony Amanu. He was never going to be a leader. That wasn't his team. But, well, hold on, that's my point. I'm getting to. So he was never the best player and the leader at the same time. He went to Toronto, clearly was, the uh, best player and clearly. the leader. No, he wasn't the leader. Kyle Lowry was the leader. He made Kyle Lowry choked with the Rosen, but Kyle Lowry. Was Thank the you. I make look, as long as you put in perspective. Yeah. That's all I want to say. I'm saying Kyle Lowry was the leader, like the outspoken, the one that was yeah, doing the, the vocal guy. He was the leader. Yeah, the vocal leader. Then you took Kawhi to Clippers, and this was the first time where he was, a, he was like, I mean, clearly, not a question. He was the best player and expected to be the leader. Your leader can't be your quietest guy no. in the biggest moments. So this was the first time Kawhi had the mantle of best player on the team, clear leader on the team. And you, like you said, when you looked in his face, he's not that guy. That's, that's when yeah. it caught up with him because he's never had to do both 100%, and it showed. Well, the savior complex, right? In Toronto, the savior complex, I'm not going to go as far as say that Lowry was a leader because if he was that good, they would have beat the Cavaliers and, and, and got over the hump. LeBron was No. What I will say is this, that the expectations for the Raptors weren't there, right? Like – they no were, but in, the, in, the, in a different way. So Kwai could come in, go quiet. They shielded him. They protected him. 
He didn't really have to be go outside of it. So they made him feel comfortable because honestly, when he was in Toronto, that was the most we ever heard him speak. We live in the same city that he played in and we never heard that man speak. So he was comfortable there. They did everything to make him comfortable. It was a quid pro quo. You help us, we help you. If you want to leave, cool. We got our chip, you're out, whatever. Toronto, Canada, we got a chip. You get to LA, you hit the nail on the head. No leadership. Yep. He's not, he wasn't built to be a leader. And to go back to San Antonio, listen, that may have made that, even at San Diego State, like, right, going from San Diego State to the NBA, he wasn't known for being boisterous. There's something to be said about being boisterous. I go to Jimmy Butler. He, he rubbed three teams the wrong way because of his, his boisterousness. But that same boisterous, boisterousness is what's propelling Miami to the Eastern Conference Finals and potentially beyond. When he was in Philadelphia, the rumors are coming out there that he was questioning Brett Brown, like, hey, you ain't going to make this man shoot jump shots? Ben Simmons needs to shoot jump shots. When he was in Minnesota, we heard about that. He was in, on Cat's head. He was like, yo, man. Bring your lunch pail. Cat over there crying. Why is he yelling at me? Because he's trying to make you better. So there's something to set. And again, I told you this when we first started the show. One of my issues with the NBA is the way we're trending. We're trending more towards Kawhi and away from Jimmy Butler. And that's going to make for a very boring league, i.e. the Jason Tatum decision to go the hole like it's the layup line. If you don't play like you're with that passion of my life's on the line or I have this something to prove, all you're going to get is good guys slapping five and taking step back threes. Like, that gets boring after a while. And that's why I'm like, I don't want to see Boston because they're going to get murdered if they go to the finals against anybody in the, in the West. But, you know, what else you got for the NBA, Brent? Real quick, uh, two questions for you. Mm-hmm. Who your favorite team, your diehard team you ride with in the NBA? Lakers. Okay. Who you pick to go to the finals? L.A. Which one? <laughs> it does. They from L.A. Does it matter? <laughs> like, your, your, your finals pick has to be Denver. If you are dominant, no, 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 you no, no. picked the Clippers. Listen, you cannot pick the Lakers now. I hey, I'm wrong in the East. I picked the Lakers, so I'm still good. You are a diehard. I'm a LeBron guy. You called me out. You are a diehard. You picked the Clippers. I was you using you my head. I, I tried – look, I, I'm wrong. You're right, right? Like, I'm wrong. I, if I could foreshadow that I would have seen – listen, if the Clippers were playing the Lakers, I think maybe you would have got Kawhi's attention. And I'm not trying to make excuses. What I'm saying is that had that matchup happened, I still would have felt okay with what I said. I didn't want to say it, but it left me no position because the way we struggled bust to where we got to. Now, we finally hit stride. We hit the switch. We got Rondo back. Now we're looking right, even though Vogel still makes me uneasy with some of his decisions. Facts. But na- now it's a clear path to the finals. And I don't mean to disrespect Denver one iota, but there's something that's not going to happen in this series. Jokic is not going to run shop. And Murray Damn. may have 20, 30 points a game, but he's going to be tired doing it. Number three, if Anthony Davis doesn't average 30 points a game in this series, he can go because this is his series, not LeBron's series. This is his series to dominate from dominate. top to bottom. That's the expectation. That's all I'm asking. So let, let me go back real quick because I don't want to end the segment until I ask this question. So where do the Clippers go from here? I think you're going to hit the nail. They need a point guard. How they get that, I don't know. But ultimately, who ultimately who pays for this? Because remember, not, not only did the Clippers go get PG and add Joachim Noah and add Morris and add all these other parts and pieces, and they were gearing up, but they added coaches, they added Ty Lue. 
They brought Jerry West back to build this roster, and everybody was clouting and tapping. Oh, my gosh, the Clippers. And I even said it because I bought and drank some of the Kool-Aid. They're the best team from top to bottom, from ownership to the busboy. I said it. I agreed with it. It is true from a paper standpoint, but somebody's got to pay for this. The question is who. I personally feel that was Doc Rivers' last game as a Clippers head coach. I, I, was, I was with you up until I saw a report today that said Doc Rivers was returning. They already agreed he's returning. So, I mean, I, we'll find out if that's true. You know, you, you know, you've got the coaches back. Then you get back and you break it down and everything. He may be gone. But I just don't know where they go from here as far as the point guard they need. They gave away their future for Paul George. They gave away all those first-round picks. Uh, that's why OKC was smart. They took all the picks, all the picks for Paul George. So I don't know if they can get a free agent that wants to just take a minimal to play for him, but they, I don't know where they go from here. They, I mean, they had everything they needed, but that's based on Paul George being the guy he is in the regular season when it doesn't count and not the guy he is when the pressure gets big. So I don't think, I don't think with Paul George, you're the second best player, you're getting over the hump. From what I, I saw, that, I'm going to leave it at I that. I agree. Well, you, he can't be your second best player and you have no point guard. Like, something's got to exactly. give. <clears throat> they'll, they'll have to figure that out. All right, that wraps up the NBA for us this week. Keep it locked. You know, hopefully I can redeem myself, get back in the good grace of the Laker comments here and there. But it's a Lakers world, baby. We're all just living in it. <laughs> And that sound you hear is all about the band of NCAA football, baby. Let's up, see what's up first. Brent, Big Ten decides to <laughs> reverse its course. They will have a season, and it will begin on October 23rd to 24th. They're trying to squeeze in eight games and a conference championship game being the ninth with consolation games so they can be eligible for the college football playoffs. What say you, sir? I say this is an Ohio State decision. They want to play for the national championship. They don't want to play in the uh, spring for nothing. Justin Fields didn't come back to play for nothing. This was the, I mean, it's good for the whole Big Ten, but this is an Ohio State decision driven by them has to be. And I, I'm, I'm good with it because Justin Fields is a special kid and I really want to see him in the college football playoffs. So I'm liking it. You know, there's a thing called karma and I'm hoping it don't come back to bite them because his Left tackle opted out. There's some players that have opted out. Like, yep. at this point, I don't know if they can opt back in. I don't know what the rules are for that. But I'm like, listen, don't come at these people as if they made a decision for selfish reasons, meaning the, the adults in the room. It, they now had all this energy for safety protocols and testing been available at the first decision. You wouldn't have had the second decision. They probably would have been playing. I'm still questioning this because just the other day, Ed Orgeron talking about, yeah, I got to translate. He said that um, he's at some point in time missed half his team due to the COVID virus. More than half his team is on occasion missed. So that's an issue. We've already seen three, four, five games postponed this weekend because no depth. Like, so clearly it ain't me. Clearly it's happening. So this whole rush to get back, I get it. But hey, if that's what you want to do, do you. I watch, yeah. But if you get hurt, no sympathy from this dude. Nope, this hombre will not be feeling sorry for you. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Like you said, I'm glad to see him because I want to see Phil's and everything in and like see if they got the safety protocols. But yeah, you rushed, you rushed back to second guess yourselves and change it. I mean, probably led by the kids and the coaches and people like that. So I mean, like I said, if it works out great, but I hope it does, glad to see it. But if it backfires, you did it to yourself, per se. 
Yeah, because he could have look. He could have not played. I'm not. And again, the competitor you that you don't want to hear this. He could have not played. Trained. He still would have been the number two quarterback pick. Yep. No, no problem. He didn't have nothing to prove. Like he already proved it. But I get it. Competitive spirit. So, I, whatever. All right. So let's talk about results from week one. Um, we all know my canes did they thing. I, unfortunately, look, big assist to Brent, y'all. Show this man some love. I was, um, how do I say this? I had a flat tire on the side of the road. Not really, but technologically with TV. I had a plan to get the AC network. I waited till Thursday. Should have did it Wednesday. Go get it Thursday. There was technical difficulties. I couldn't get the AC network in which the game was played. Brent offered to bail me out so I could watch it on his system. Unfortunately, that wasn't working out. But by that point when we got it, you know, got to the point where he was doing all that, I was just scrolling through seeing that Miami was clearly in control. So like, yeah, save it. We'll save it for this upcoming week when they play Louisville. So big shout out to Brent. Um, and the other state schools in the state of Florida actually had a game Saturday. And, man, I tried to watch it, but it was on weather delay after delay. So I started watching UTSA, Texas State. That game was fire. Brent, I got a question, though. Does Tallahassee Tech owe Willie Taggart an apology? No. It was bad when Taggart got there. The whole culture is still bad. With Norvell's trying to change it. And we can't give him one game and say he owed him an apology. They don't. But, but sir, let, let me ask this, sir. He was fired after one season. No, they owed him an apology when they fired him. When they fired him and hired Norvell, they should apologize and said, hey, we didn't give you a fair chance. It, it, it ain't going to do nothing for Taggart now. He don't even no, want it now. No, I, but he, it's just, it's some, okay, listen. Roger Goodell apologized. Well, he made the statement that he did Kaepernick wrong, right? So it wasn't a direct apology. But at least it made everybody else feel good. It would make me feel good if, if Florida State would come out and say, listen, here's the problem. We fired this man for everything but football reasons. We'll talk about relations of race in a second. But that's well, – not nice. We'll talk about that. That's to me why he got fired. It had nothing to do with the on-field performance because what they trotted out Saturday is what they've been trotting out since Jimbo Fisher. So it's not like they were on their – High horse went finishing top four, and then Willie came in. They finished top 400 or bottom 400. That's not what happened. When, when Jimbo Fisher left, they were five and seven. They had to play a, a makeup fake game to get into the bowl. And he left, high tell that the AM got paid. They bring in Willie Taggart, Taggart and it, it's bottom of the barrel items. And he's the blame for all this. And again, I'm not bashing Mike Norvell. What I'm saying to you, sir, is this there are bigger issues in the coaching. I got some inside sources that tell me part of the issues are y'all don't play a tough enough schedule. That's one. Two, your facilities are not to the level in which recruits want to go to. Do you know the name Sam Howell? North Carolina quarterback. He was a Florida State recruit. He flipped. He got flipped by Mac Brown to go to North Carolina. Oh, you, can't, you can't keep losing in the state of Florida to Florida, Miami, FAU, USF, UCF, it's competitive. And I, what I feel like is you guys aren't getting those athletes that used to just walk onto campus saying, I want to come here. And I think your coaches are trying to get those athletes. Uh, Lance LeDron, he went to Maryland. Like, y'all lost him too. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just y'all are losing the guys you used to get. And the guys that are coming there need extra coaching up. So I never want to blame just 100% coaching. But what I want to say is I think it's a totality of a culture. You're also in a spot where, um, to my understanding, it's hard to get to Florida State for game day. So when you're playing Jacksonville State, I'm not one to go. So you have low morale on campus. When you finally play a big game, you're not prepared because you've been playing cupcakes all, all week. It, it's, a, it's, it's bigger than coaching. It's going to take an identity shift in crisis. 
look, I wish y'all the best. I'm not going to bash y'all too much because, you know, I, in Miami, I've been there. We were put on probation. We were reduced to scholarships. We had to take who we could get. We had coaches with different philosophies. We fired them, bring another coach with different philosophy, fired them, bring another coach. Now we got many Diaz, and I feel like we're trending on track. So hopefully Mike Norvell's the guy for you. Yeah. So, no, I'm with you on, on, on uh, Tagger not getting a great chance. And part of it was race, but also um, part of it was the discipline. We just kept getting bad penalties. And I'm not saying it's all him because the whole coaching staff is accountable. Bad penalties. Like you weren't losing, but you weren't disciplined either. Second, two recruiting cycles without one quarterback. That's why we still stuck with Blackman. If a tagger should have got at least one quarterback in. So he don't get a pass on the recruiting quarterback piece. That was the problem as well. And then, like you said, the culture's bad. Facilities are below, are below standard. But some of the facilities are in the work. There's some being built. We're getting there. But it's not a fix overnight. But, yeah, it's, it's a lot to go on. But, hey, we just, we just, uh, it's just been one game. After we beat Miami, we'll be back on track. Yeah, I heard it here on dropping the mic. Brent's still hopeful. And, I, you know, I got to respect the band. Even when you're getting kicked and beat down by Georgia Tech, you're still <laughs> holding on strong. So, what else happened in week one? I feel like the Florida State theme hit a couple states like Kansas, the state of the Sun Belt. Yes, the Sun Belt topples some big 12 opponents like it's nobody's business. Let's run down this. Iowa State loses 31 to 14 to University of Louisiana, raising occasions. And Kansas loses 38 23 to Coastal Carolina. I had to look this up. I forgot they were in the Sun Belt, man. Thirdly, K State loses 35 to 31 to Arkansas State. Now, that's not too much of a shock because Arkansas State's been playing, they're balling, they got weapons. UFL has a threat of an offense. Now, mind you, the, all three of these teams went on the road and won. It's not that they had some special matchup and arrangement. It's not like any of the three home teams were without their starters. That's just where we're at in football, man. If you're a low-level – if you're a – if you're a, like, some belt team that has talent and you go play some of these lower-level FBS teams, you got a chance. We see it every year. Kansas always lose a game to somebody. It's just crazy. Um, what else stood out for you for the week, Brent? Well, those, those are the big ones. I mean, Clemson did what they're supposed to do. They, they looked good. Um, did, whoa, whoa. Like, Clemson, Clemson didn't well, even come – well, they didn't. They did what they need to do. This was week one, they didn't look bad. They did, but they were solid. But you're they, Clemson. You're Superman. You're supposed to beat. Every, they were favored by what? We, me and you, both talked that we don't think Clemson's Superman. So let's okay, make sure we know. Right. We know we don't believe that. We don't. We don't. We don't drink the Kool Aid. Like, oh, Clemson's just gonna destroy. Everybody. We don't. We don't believe that. So they look like I expected. I'll put it that way. Um, Iowa State was kind of was the biggest surprise to me because they got destroyed. They weren't really competitive. Yeah. Kansas State was competitive. I don't care about less miles in Kansas right now. They're still gonna struggle for a little while. So that wasn't that surprising to me. Uh, I watched the Miami game, and I, was, I wanted to laugh a little bit the first half. They looked a little bad. I expected it, but I was like, ooh, I can, I can mess with LeBron about it. Then Derek King got rolling. They looked good like I expected. So Miami showing, like you said, the progress you want to see. The progress I hoped to see from Florida State, I saw from Miami, which makes it even worse because you see your biggest rival progressing and you still digressing. But, you know, so that's what stood out to me. Well, look, for me, what also stood out was uh... – Notre Dame didn't look good, and they were at home. Again, I know it's first game, but it's every, when two teams play and it's their first game, it's the first game for both of them. Yep. Uh, what I will say is Chase Bryce made the wise decision. He left Clemson, found a starting spot at Duke, and he showed up. He's balling at, at Duke. Um, he had to leave because, you know, DJ Ugly is at Clemson, the big recruit out of uh, Long Beach Poly. I uh, believe that's where he went. He went to one yep. of those high elite schools yep. out in uh, California. He's over. He's a backup, the heir apparent. 
to Trevor Lawrence. So Chase is like, hey, I, I'm not a numbers guy, but I see that I won't fit here. And he found a nice home at Duke. And Duke showed up for the first half. They competed. And it let me do what I needed to know. I ain't worried about Notre Dame and the ACC. Y'all can hype them up all you want to because it helps ratings, but they, they ain't going to skate through. Uh, I I, I'm more excited to watch UNC. North Carolina, even though they kind of, you know, had a little tough, tough row to go through um, to start the season. But, you know, I'm, I'm waiting. This week is a down week. There's no really good games on. Uh, SEC starts next week. We got Miami versus Louisville. That's probably the highlight of the week for me. Uh, what about you, Brent? Any games that you're keyed on? That's the only one I really want to see. It's a good ACC game. Louisville looked good. Miami looked good. I want to see Derrick King second week, see how much he progressed. You know what I mean? See what he's going to do against Louisville, who's a, a lot better competition than, you know, UAB. So that's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, but at least, you know, UAB, like, they're no slouch, right? That was that was their second game. They were in rhythm. They, they again, yeah, I agree. That we're, we were bigger, faster than them. So, but it wasn't like we started out with, like, Austin P. That's who yeah. uh, Pittsburgh started off with or some lower-level team that's like, uh, okay, that's a real Juco scrimmage. So, exactly. um, <clears throat> for me, I do want to see the progress. I want to see the defense. We're on the road, so we're going to see how, how well we travel and, and handle that. That's it for the NCAA football. Keep it locked. We got more a little bit to talk about when we get down to the pick six. So keep it tuned in for that to see how we fared last week and how we're going to fare this week. NFL's up again, and it's our four-down territory. We got four downs to cover. Let's get started. First down, news that we can associate with the league, news that you need to know about. Injuries is a the theme of this week. We have some. Brent, Michael Thomas, out. Ankle injury. We don't know if he's week-to-week or into reserve bound. The Cowboys had the largest amount of injuries in one game. They lost Leighton Vanderester, linebacker, Cam Irving, a tackle, and Blake Jarwin, their tight end. And your man, Richard Sherman, lands on the injury list. That's going to be a huge blow to San Francisco. Chris Godwin's in the concussion protocol. What's going to happen there? And, you know, your guy, Mohamed Sanu, that you liked in New England, he found a home in San Francisco because they had injuries there. On to second down. Second down. We're going to talk about mic dropping player performances, guys who should be at the podium to talk about how good they played. We're also talking about muted, mic muted players, guys who don't need to say nothing because their performance was terrible. Let's start with the mic muters. You know who I got first, Brent? Who, who do you think I'm going with first on this one? I know who you're going with. Uh, it's going to be Tom Brady. And That's right, right because... sir. Let me have the mic, please. Go, go, go first. Go first. Tom Brady was the man that was brought into Tampa, my former team that I celebrated and cheered on and liked because they said Javis Winston threw too many interceptions. They said, we need Tampa Tom. We need Tampa Tom. He not going to make the mistakes. Oh, with Bruce Arians at the helm, he going to be, oh, my gosh. He got all these weapons. 239 yards passing, two interceptions, one for a pick six, sacked three times. You know what? Not many times do we get vindication in life, but that seems like vindication to me. I want to hear about no, it's the first game. He threw a pick six as if it was his first game throwing the football. And then to have the audacity try to blame Mike Evans. Get out of here with that nonsense. Other Mike muters. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Yeah. What, what did he do, Brent? He put in injured Le'Veon Bell while he was injured. Put him back yeah. into the game. And didn't know he was injured. What, what are you doing on the sideline? You don't know your personnel. You're not keeping up with who's injured. You just put him back in. You know what adds insult to this injury is the, the ownership group comes out and supports him again with full faith and confidence in Adam Gaze. How? 
Like, it's just stupid running stupid. At this point, I have no sympathy for the Jets. They don't want to win. Put they don't want to win. win. Hey. Let me jump on. Let me say one thing about Tom Brady. Definitely. Oh, hold on. He was bad. But one thing you called out, you said he don't have the offensive line he had in New England. He going to get hit more down there. Oh, he got touched, didn't he? Exactly. You said he going to get touched, and that's going to be the difference. And so not by an angel. Because he got touched. But um, I want to see how he responds, because I watched it. I'm not going to give him a pass. I saw some of those throws. Those were bad throws. He made some bad throws. But um, Bruce Arians was a little aggressive, too, with the call That's his off. nature. That's what he does. We knew it. We expected it. It's not. This is not Bill Belichick anymore. So you don't got, you don't got that kind of structure of the system Belichick's built. It's different. Yeah, you know, sometimes you don't realize how good you got it until you're gone. That's, exactly. that's kind of how it works, right? But with Bruce Arians, and, and something else we got to talk about Bruce Arians. We'll, we got to go this quick, though, right? He's calling out his quarterback after week one. You think I'm bad. Bruce Arians saying calling out Tom Brady as if he's like some rookie. He was stronger I, than you about calling him out. <laughs> yeah, I got – listen, float your boat. Um, Mike, other Mike Muters, I got the Colts and the Vikings. How in America do you show – how do you lose to Jacksonville week one? Minnesota, how do you get kicked in the teeth at home against the Packers, who we all thought and Rodgers washed up? And Baker Mayfield. Boy, this was not the Baker's dozen against, against um, Baltimore. You, you were putrid, sir. 21, 21 of 39 for 189 passing yards, one interception, one touchdown. Now, you got all the weapons in the world. You finally got a new coach. Everything's trending in the right direction, but you stank on Sunday. I'm starting to believe in Mayfield. I'm start, I, I want to keep believing and thinking he can get there. I'm starting to realize I may be wrong there because I've, I've never said he was great, but I say he's solid. I'm starting to say maybe you're not solid. Maybe you're the biggest problem in the offense. You know, maybe it's not the receivers and the running backs and the tight ends. Maybe it's your quarterback. We got to hey. talk about this more as he goes, but he's going to have to prove some or he may be the reason. I, I hear you. The most. I hear you. Well, so last but not least on – the Mike meters is Bill O'Brien. Boy, he don't ever need to talk to nobody. He don't need to counsel anybody about being a GM because when you give away your best receiver for nothing and then you go out to a game and you can't and your best quarterback can't get the ball to a receiver because you got backup dancers, child please. So our Mike Droppers. Speaking of DeAndre, that boy was bad. 14 receptions, 150 yards receiving in his debut as a Cardinal. Brent, you got the next one. Uh Mr. Mitch Trubisky, and I'm going to be the first one to give him credit. I mean, 242 yards is not amazing. Let me say that first. It's not a 400-yard game or something. But the way I said this man should not start, Nick Foles should start. He is an automatic loss. This man threw three touchdowns, no interceptions. Hey, shout out to Mitch Trubisky. He was a mic dropper this week. All right. Uh, other mic dropper, we called it early. I said earlier, Aaron Rodgers. Man was on fire. 364, four TDs. Like, hey, debut, he went into Minnesota. I didn't expect much from Aaron Rodgers. Um, you knew he had some chip on his shoulder with all the draft nonsense going on, but he dropped the mic on Sunday. Brent, you got the next one. You got to have the next one. I, I do. R Russell Wilson. And let me say this. Russell Wilson is a star. When I said he was overrated, it was based off, I said, he don't make some of the basic throws, but I said he always clutching the fourth quarter. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself a pass because I didn't say he was bad. I said he just didn't make some of the throws I expected, but he always came to big moments. That man was 31 for 35. That is what? Over 80% completions, 322 and four touchdowns. I thought the Falcons were going to be competitive. I thought they would slow him down a little bit. Hey, Russell Wilson went to work. He did. Last but not least, Clyde Edwards-Elaire. Uh, he is that dude for Kansas City now. So shout out to him for dropping the mic on his first NFL game Thursday to open up the season. 
on to third down. We're going to react to some other games that happened in week one. For me personally, I was taken aback by the Cowboys. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they get rid of Jason Garrett? Yes. Unfortunately, they left the offensive coordinator because I could not understand for the life of me how you have all these weaponry, all this arsenal, all this firepower, and nobody pulled out the gun. I know people are going to come out, hey, no, nah, Dak's not worth the money. Dak this. Well, Dak ain't worth nothing if your O-line can't block and your offensive game plan is still terrible. Look, commit to a running game, pass the ball, or pass the ball to run. You come up with some kind of formula, but I really do think that Mike McCarthy's going to have to pull that headset and tell the offensive coordinator, hey, bro, I ain't Jason Garrett. I'll yank your chain real quick and we'll get this thing going because that was putrid. You, any other games you see out there that just messed with your mind, Brent? The, the one that, that uh, got me excited, and of course it's my favorite team, the Patriots, but uh, Cam Newton, what a diff, uh, it gave Bill O'Brien, uh, the offensive coordinator, I said the wrong name, but the offensive coordinator, uh, Josh, yeah. Josh McDaniels, I apologize, don't compare you to that guy in uh, Houston, but Josh McDaniels gave him a different dynamic to use a running quarterback and it resulted in two rushing touchdowns, I think while 75 yards rushing, and Cam was solid in the passing game. And the only reason the game excited me, I'm interested to see how they can build that offense around him, put in more plays, put in more, you know, get deeper into the playbook with a more diverse quarterback as far as passing and rushing. So I was excited about that, just I want to see uh, what he can do. And then shout out to Washington. I want to give him the shout out because um, nobody act like Philly was world beaters, but I expected Washington, you know, with the young quarterback, Haskins, to be, start off really bad, sneak a couple wins in, but I thought they would be like Jacksonville who put off upset as well. But I want to give them credit because I, even with the injuries, I thought Carson Wentz had enough with that Philadelphia team to win that game. But Washington played some good football. I want to give them a shout out. Hey, on that note, I want to give a shout out to the Bungles. Even though the Bungles, they, they held their own against the Chargers. Uh, yes, it was a home game, but it was Burrow's first start. He went out there and, and he was decent. Also, shout out to Pittsburgh. They look like the Steelers of old. I'm not saying Ben Ben's back. But I am saying they look like they have some offensive weaponry. Uh, James kind of got hurt again, but it may be for the best because Snell's a better running back for that team. Um, people were high on the Giants. Danny Dimes was like Danny since one since to me. I didn't see no dimes again through interceptions. And everybody was saying, well, at least he didn't fumble. Is that where we're at now? At least he didn't fumble. You ain't supposed to fumble. Like, but he didn't look great. He threw picks in the red zone. Um, oh. Last but, last thing, your boy Fitz uh, Magic, you said? Was he was Fitz, Fitz Tragic. tragic. You yes, said he, he would was. be Fitz Tragic. Well, he was Fitz Tragic early. He normally has game one magic. I don't know <laughs> I what know. happened. I, I mean, that, that, you're right. He was he was tragic. Uh, other than that, that's, that's it for third down. On to fourth down. This is where we go straight up. Straight up for the week. We're just going to pick the games of the week who we got. Up first, game one. Brent, I'm going to let you pick first. Cincinnati at Cleveland, Thursday night football. The battle of bad and worse. I'm going to go with Cleveland. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Game number two, New York Giants at Chicago Bears. Hmm. I'm going with Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. I'm going with the Giants. Game number three. ATL Georgia, what can I do for you? Versus Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys, they're going to bounce back, even with the injuries. I got Dallas as well. I don't see Atlanta coming through. They're going to be on two. Dan Quinn probably be fired by week eight. Next up, Detroit at Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on fire, so I'm going Green Bay, even though Detroit did win week one as well. 
I'm going Green Bay too. I can't trust it. Green Bay, uh, Detroit is just uh, no, no, no. Detroit lost to Chicago, bro. Uh, oh, they end up losing, you right? Yeah, Detroit. No, I don't know if Detroit has enough. So I'm going Green Bay. Next up, Jacksonville at Tennessee. 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 Ten. I see. I, I'm agree with you. Tennessee on this. One. I don't see. I don't see any upsets this week. I mean, fool me once, fool me twice. Shame on me. But I don't see that happening. They, now they this is make more than one out of four field goals though. That ain't gonna cut it. Well, that one that, for Goskowski, boy. That ain't, that's not gonna cut it. True, but I think now he's on notice, and he, you know, he's a pro kicker. He, he's he's not no no scrub. Minnesota at Indianapolis. Now this game is important because if whoever loses this game is already down 0-2. So this game was gonna be very interesting. Who you got? I got Indy. I'm, I'm liking this. I want to see what Taylor going to do after the injury to Matt. Listen, after Green, after Green Bay obliterated Minnesota and they're down Daniel Hunter, I'm going with Indiana as well. But I will say this. Phillip Rivers let me down. I should have put him on Mike Neuters. He, he played terrible, too. Um, He's going to have to step it up. So in order for them to win, he has to. Buffalo at Miami. After Fitz tragic, I'm going to stick with Buffalo on this one. All right, I'm going. I'm going with Miami. I'm gonna. Just, I'm gonna try it one more time, right? Look, like, I ain't got nothing to lose but the season. So next up, San Francisco travels across the country to the New York Jets. Man, San Francisco in a runaway. Runaway, y'all. Make sure. Let me write that down because I don't see. I got the Jets. Ain't no Jets runaway are here. Bad. San Francisco is the opposite. Look, they got the Super Bowl hangover. I was wrong. I said Kansas City. No, San Fran. They, they ain't got no defense. <laughs> Next up, Los Angeles Rams at Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to go with the Rams because they look good against the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Rams because Philly's beat up and bruised. But I, even though I know, you know, the city of brotherly love, they're resilient, they're tough, the, the Rams got options. So I don't think they'll be thwarted by Philadelphia. Next up, Denver at Pittsburgh. This should be a good one. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Big Ben, Kim, did you get better now after the injury? So I'll go with Pittsburgh. If this game was played in Denver, I'd go with Denver, but it's played in Pittsburgh. I'm going with Pittsburgh. But I think it'd be closer than we think here. Let's go with Carolina at Tampa Bay. Oh, Tom Brady going to rebound because Carolina's bad. I'm going Carolina for the upset special. I don't care how bad you think Carolina is. Tom Brady got touched enough for them to feel, be feeling encouraged. And with Bruce Aarons and his feelings and his Brady, I think it's possible. Next up. We're going Washington at Arizona. Ooh, uh, this was intriguing. I'm going to go to Arizona because uh, I think Kyler Murray and Hopkins is going to get better and better as the season goes on. I'm with you on that one. Arizona, they're on fire. They've hit the gas. They hit the ground running. They full metal get full pedal to the metal. So I don't see it stopping week two. Although Washington does pose a matchup problem on defense for Murray. They got two ends that can get up the field and cause them havoc. But I still think they prevail. Next up, oh, the battle of the AFC West. Kansas City is traveling to L.A. to face the Chargers. Who you got? I'm going to go with the Chargers. I want to see Tyra Taylor do a little bit better. I'll go with them. Uh, I should have put him on Mike Muters. Man, this, this is what I feared, and this is what I kept saying all summer. Chargers, listen, you made the wrong draft choice in Herbert. You made the wrong choice in going with Tyra. If you want to be safe, then you don't want a Super Bowl. You should have went big with Cam, or you should have went with Jameis Winston, because you have the team, the talent, and the opportunity to seize the moment to compete for the division as well as the Super Bowl. I can't trust you, so I'm going KC. Baltimore at Houston. 
I'm going with the Ravens. I like the battle of quarterback, but I, I'm going with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Listen, there's no battle at quarterback. Listen, this is no shot at Deshaun Watson, but when you have no weaponry, when you're running with a bunch of midgets and – look, you remember Dallas last year when they thought, we don't need Dez Bryant. We're going to bring in all these other receivers that are five foot two and, and diminutive. That's what happened to Houston. That couldn't throw to nobody. Deshaun can't throw to nobody. You got, you got Will Fuller, who's an outside threat, catching possession passes. They all discombobulated. No tight end either. So I'm going Baltimore. New England travels all the way to Seattle. Who you got, Brent? Bias pick. I'm going New England. Cam going to get it done. Okay. You, you, know, you put the B in bias in that one because that was a bad pick. <laughs> I'm going Seattle. They're at home. 12th man won't be there, but guess what? They shall rise. New Orleans and Monday Night Football at the Las Vegas Raiders. Saints going to get back on track even without Michael Thomas. I got the Saints and Drew Brees winning that one. Um, big night in Las Vegas. First time NFL football games being played there officially. Uh, with Michael Thomas being day-to-day, I know Emmanuel's got to step 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 up. Emmanuel Sanders got to step up. I don't like going against Sean Payton, but I'm going to. I'm going Las Vegas Raiders on this one. So that wraps up straight up for the NFL Football Week. Start spreading the news. Now up is the spread. And as I tell you all the time, we're not talking about butter. We're not talking about cream cheese. We are talking about that action. Yes, that action, boss. But again, it's also for entertainment purposes only. So don't run out to your bookie. Don't run out to the sports book. Unless you got clearance, but not from us. We're just doing this for fun. We got the the spread pick six. That's what we call it. We got six NFL games, six NCAA college football games. So let's get started, Brent. Up first, NFL. Atlanta at Dallas. Dallas is favored by four and a half. Total, 52 and a half. Who you got? Dallas. So you got Dallas and under. Okay, I got you. We got Minnesota, who was the underdog. They're getting three points at Indianapolis with a total of 48. I'm going to go Indian under. Indian under. Let's go back real quick. I got Dallas and over. You got Dallas and? Under. Under. Okay. I got Indy and over. You got Indy and under. Yep. Let's go. Baltimore is giving away seven points to Houston with a total of 51 and a half. Baltimore and over. I mean and under. Baltimore and under. I also have Baltimore and under. Brent, we got KC giving away eight and a half points to the Chargers at home with a total of 47.5. Chargers and over. I got KC and under. We got New England, who's traveling all the way to Seattle, getting four points with a total of 45. I got New England and I'm going to go over. You seem like you guessed. That's why you don't do good at this. I got Seattle and under. Next, we got New Orleans traveling all the way to the bright lights of Vegas, baby. They're giving up five and a half points for a total of 49 and a half. I got the Saints and over. That sound more confident? (laughs) Now it does. You sound like me because I got the Saints and over. Now, one thing we need to know, people, is last week when we did these pick six for the NFL, Britt and I, we didn't do too bad, right? Uh, For the NFL – I want to say I went five and six. No, I went six and six. I, I went even, and Brent went five and seven, so it wasn't bad. Up next, we're about to do the NCAA picks. Brent, my man, he's learning, right? He, it's his first time out there dabbling in the, in the spread, so he's getting his feet wet. He went seven and 17. I went 11 and 13, almost broke 500. 
just to show you folks, this thing is where you want to put your money, your bread and butter, because <laughs> you'll go home broke. So again, that's why we do this for fun. We just trying to get better at it, get sharper at it. NCAA pick six. The games we got for the pick six this week, we've got Navy getting seven points at Tulane, total of 48. What you got, Brent? I'm going to go Navy and over. I won't trust Navy again all season. Um, I'm going Tulane and over. Uh, next up, South Florida at Notre Dame. South Florida is getting 25 and a half points. Total is 48 and a half. I'm going to go South Florida and over. Notre Dame was bad week one. They were. Um, now, which makes you kind of cautious because was that like, okay, we got our feet wet. Now we're ready to go. 25 is a lot of points. They are at home again. I'm still going to take USF, South, South Florida, with the over. Next up, sticking with the Florida team. Maybe this Florida team can beat Jod Tech, but we got UCF giving up seven and a half points to Georgia Tech with a total of 60. What you got, Britt? UFC, UCF. I said UFC. UCF and under. I also have UCF and under. Now, people, mind you, we don't talk about these picks. We don't talk, talk about them until we do the podcast. So he's not copying me, trying to catch up. It's just honestly how he feels. Next up, another Florida team. Florida Atlantic University, Willie Taggart. Florida, so the Florida State team is running deep for you today at Georgia Southern. Florida State is giving up one and a half points with a total of 47 and a half. Who you got? I've got FAU and over. I also have FAU and over. Next up, SMU, Southern Methodist University, the former Pony Express, going to North Texas. North Texas is getting 14 points with a total of 69 and a half. I got SMU and under. I have SMU and under as well. Did I give you my show notes, boy? You I just, have no clue. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. You hitting all these. You only one we disagreed on is Navy and, and uh, Tulane. Next up, Miami. They're they're on the road to Louisville, and they're giving up two and a half points. Usually the home team gets three points. So we'll see what happens in this action with a total of 64 and a half. What say you, Brent? I'm going to go Louisville and over. All right. Well, we start how we, we end how we started because I'm going Miami. I'm going with the Canes, and I'm going under. I think there's going to be some defense played here. Both quarterbacks are similar. They're both gadget guys, but I think it's going to negate with the speed on defense. That's the spread, the pick six for this week. Keep a lock. We'll update you on how we perform next week. That's a wrap on this edition of Drop the Mic Sports Talk. We are definitely glad that you've been listening to us. We just want to keep giving you that flavor in your ear. It's always our goal to keep you locked and loaded with the latest in the sports and give you our take on it. As always, subscribe, hit subscribe on your favorite platform for podcasts. We've got a plethora, iHeart, Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor.fm, Breaker, TuneIn, you name it, we're there. Get it, subscribe, keep it locked so you know every time we drop, which is usually on a Thursday, right before all the action hits. Also, talk to us. Not just on social media, right? Even at an email, I'll give you the social media handles. DTMST. That is our Instagram. DTM underscore ST Instagram. Twitter is DTMST6. Tweet at us. Grandmas. Whatever you want to do. Or you can jump on us at Facebook. At Facebook is DTM Sports Talk. You know where to go. If you want to directly hit us up, email us. D 
dtm.sportstalk at gmail.com if you need more information about the show. Keep it locked as always. We appreciate it. We're humbled by the love that's been shown to us. Keep telling your friends about us. Do what you got to do. We'll keep the flavor running. You keep listening. Locked and loaded. Until next week, my friends. Drop the mic.